Welcome to Influence, the podcast that dives deep into the heart of influencer marketing and the creator economy with the people who know it best, the agents, the creators, the marketers who operate behind the scenes. This podcast is hosted by Powder, where streamers can search their best moments to find short, shareable clips with AI. And I'm your host, Alyssa Goldberg. Today we have with us Claudio Lima, the founder and CEO of Druid Creative, which connects brands to gamers in Brazil and Latin America, already working for some of the biggest brands and games in the world, like Fortnite, Fall Guys, Samsung, Google, Itaú Bank, uh, among others. Claudio is a diehard World of Warcraft fan and has had a career that spanned three continents and earned him many con lions. Needless to say, I'm super excited to uh, welcome you to the show today. I know you're joining us all the way from Sao Paulo, and uh, I know you can bring us a really unique perspective on influencer marketing and management and gaming. Welcome, Claudio. Awesome. Thank you very much for, for the invitation. I'm super happy to be part of the of the podcast and be able to, to talk about uh, to like what we do here every day, which is working with influencers and like kind of creating those a marketing campaign. So yeah, super glad. You know, just to kick things off, what inspired you to transition from working in traditional advertising to founding Druid? And can you describe a little bit more about which part of the ecosystem Druid Creative sits in? Druid is uh, an agency focused on gaming. Uh, so like pretty much say 90% of our activities are around uh, the gaming uh, universe. We started in 2021, right in January. So we're going to be three years now in, in January uh, 24. And we were at home during the pandemics, doing our, our jobs from home. And uh, we just started to see how gaming was uh, growing exponentially, not only as a way for people to spend time during the pandemic, but uh, as a marketing platform. Right? Like So I think because everything was shut down and like people couldn't go out, we started to see a lot of brands kind of looking for this space uh, as a way to connect to new audiences. Are marketing activations typically inside the game or are they on social media platforms or both? How do you think about when is when it's best to be in either one? Yeah, we do. I think everything, right? Like depending a lot on what the client needs and uh, what we believe is the right move for, for the brand. Of course, we started to do what we call like in-game activations uh, back in 2020. Uh, and that is a very important tool on what we do. Like we open up uh, two companies that focus on that, doing Fortnite uh, maps and also doing Roblox worlds because we see a huge potential to like for, for consumers to spend time with the brands in these two environments. Um, but at the same time, like when you launch something like that on Fortnite, for example, you need all the creators and influencers to go and experience that and show to their audiences uh, the, like what they're experiencing, the, like to invite their audiences to do that. So there's a lot of layers the, like on on what can be done. Uh, and sometimes like you do not need the the maps or the, the brand experiences inside the game at all. You can just uh, focus on the influencers, the streamers. I, I know you mentioned that you that Druid has spun off a few side businesses. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that, about uh, creating Fortnite maps and building Roblox experiences and how that was a kind of logical extension of the work that you were doing at Druid? Yeah, I feel gaming is, is although like it exists for 40 years, like especially as a marketing platform is very new. 
Um, so a lot of the suppliers in that chain do like are not established yet, right? So if you open a traditional agency and you need to like a production house, to like there's a hundred. If you need like a music company, if you need like a event producer, so they already have the, like the whole supply chain defined. And on gaming, uh, this supply chain is still to like being formed. That makes a ton of sense and. It's really cool that at Druid, you guys are super nimble uh, and able to spin off those businesses as you need. But every two to three months, the gaming industry evolves so that you feel like you need a vendor that doesn't exist yet. I, I guess it works to to build it internally. What do you think the, the next opportunities are? What what are you noticing in the market? Well, I feel we're going to see, like, of course, AI is the is the big trend, right? Like, and, and we are seeing uh, a huge influx of kind of AI initiatives and AI ideas. And I, and I really feel that gaming is where AI will have its brightest spot because um, gamers are already doing like familiar to talking to NPCs, like the non-playing yeah. characters. So I feel as soon as those NPCs have a AI mind, right? Like they'll be much more um, natural to like for people to, to connect. And to like what we've been doing with Fortnite and with Roblox uh, with this... Uh, growth of creators that are not uh, camera facing, right? I feel those creators that are inside those worlds, creating maps, creating items, creating uh, little games, experiences, uh, we're going to start to see them to like kind of really start to make money. And when you make money, you tell the stories. Um, and that, I think, generates kind of this snowball effect. So this behind the cameras, the like that more 3D creators, uh, that creates these worlds and experiences. I think it's another uh, big trend that we're going to see uh, within game. The last thing I want to mention is because we saw these already with a creator called, I think, Quackity. So he created this Minecraft map uh, that has, um, using some kind of AI that has real-time translation. Uh, so, and that really blew up to like with a lot of creators. So you get like a big creator in Brazil and then he goes to play and then there's this big creator in France and they can just talk directly, right? Like it, because it, it kind of automatic translates. So I feel that's just like the beginning of this trend where to like creators will be able to go a little bit further. For example, now pretty much every country has like a Mr. Beast page. Uh, with their own language, right? So you can just open up Mr. Beast in Spanish, in Portuguese. So I feel that's going to take over on gaming and on live streaming as well. It doesn't matter where you live. The streamer uh, will just kind of talk to you, like, and it's going to be in your language. Where in your work do you use AI the most? Because we are a creative agency. Uh, the most AI we use now is, um, right now, is generative AI. So we've been using, like, pretty much all tools from Midjourney, Dali, uh, the videos, but we've been using a lot to on the creative work, right? For example, if I have to present to a client uh, what his Roblox map is going to look like, like Dali or Midjourney give me uh, very approximate notions, right, of what we're going to uh, be doing. So, do like us, and we, we hire this prompt engineer, do like that helps us with the prompts. Um, so, in terms of generative AI, do like, I'll say 100% of the presentations that come out of the agency have something done uh, through AI. So that's like is where we've been using it uh, the most. Uh, and of course, there's some other productivity tools uh, that help us like with documents, with um, 
team management and so on. When you look at, for example, the Discord company, we already have uh, bots that we do uh, that bring AI to Discord, like to help with community management, to help with uh, community moderation, to like and identify when people are saying bad words. Um, on the media business, right, like on Warrior that does the streamers, we already have AI that reads moments of the games, so like and can kind of send you specific messages. So, for example, we're running this campaign for um, a vaccines company. So when your character is low health, so like kind of sends you uh, a message about vaccines. So like so kind of getting those uh, contextualized moments. It's just gonna be so much part of our lives. Um, that's gonna be just uh, yeah. This tool does that, right? Like it doesn't matter if it's AI or not. It's just going to be something that makes it easier. Totally. I find that, at least for me, um, AI and ChatGPT, for example, is a really good thought partner and is really good for brainstorming and divergent thinking. But at the end of the day, you need the human curation in order to narrow down on what you actually want. Yeah, I think AI is not good for greatness. Because AI is made by average. That's what I feel is the good news, right? Like anything that requires great, like AI will rarely be able to to achieve. Like you're still gonna need um, the people, right? Like the operator to go for for greatness, especially on the creative business. Feel that's the main thing that like will protect whoever is is great. So like is that AI will have a kind of a a limit, right? Like on because it cannot go crazy like i think that just just people can go crazy yeah i think that's a really good point at the end of the day ai is really great for augmenting and enhancing human creativity like in any creative parts that we see if you just turn on your tv like you start to watch 10 commercials out of the 10 to like eight will be really really poor 80 percent of what's on tv in terms of commercials the most obvious stuff possible pricing totally promotions only tomorrow that's going to be done by ai for this crap to like ai can take over but then to like there's always going to be the one or two they're like oh this is funny or oh this is interesting and that one's still going to need us and that, that's why I, I tell the creatives here just just try to be in the top 20 percent and you're going to be fine if you are on the bottom 80 percent is where it starts to get complicated that's a really good point before you were making the distinction between a kind of a new type of creator and uh, the type of creator that usually comes to my mind, which is, I guess, like a streamer. Um, when you are talking about the new type of creator, what makes a good one? I think like one sentence that I always repeat is I think people uh, that are really good, they are always in a hurry um, to be perfect, right? Like you need to want to be perfect uh, and really do something original and different and creative, but you really need to be in a hurry because um, it is a game of speech. How fast can you put down that experience? Like, and and how quickly can you iterate with it? To like to make it better. Like any digital product that we've been experiencing with, they're never done, right? Like it's like uh, Instagram is never done, right? Like you're always updating. So you really need to have that speed to like to put something together to like launch it, see if it's, oh, people are spending so much minutes, oh, this item is being bought more times, so replicates that. So we really need to have that um, diligence of like, okay, I need to be quick about it. We've been working to like with some, a lot of to like employees and suppliers, and sometimes people are really great, 
but then they take forever and someone launches before you because especially gaming i feel like of course you can be gta 6 and take like 10 years to launch but again i'm very anxious so i i always try and like more the the people that are fast i feel like in any workplace it's the balance between doing things kind of uh, in a scrappy way and moving as quickly as possible and then also the perfectionism of wanting it to be amazing and spending the extra few hours to get it from 95 percent perfect to 100 percent perfect um when you're looking at trends which platforms or which social media channels you find actually are ahead of the curve on trends uh, and I'll, I'll talk more for brazil because like is where i follow more uh these here like right now it's three social networks right that people used which is x uh, TikTok and Instagram. Snapchat started to grow again. Like I have a 15 year old daughter. The other day we were discussing the agency and someone said, hey, let's do this on Snapchat. And I call my daughter and it's like, yeah, yeah, we've been using every day. So I've, I re reinstated it to my, to my list. But I feel on X to like, you're gonna have that really quick um, interactions, right? It's way better to search by what's latest, like by words, by keywords. We use that a lot to identifying the, like those very quick um trends then tiktok to like is the main place right now to like where you have the really young people then you have already the older people hence that's why some of the young people are going back to snapchat uh, <laughs> but it's very visual so it really helps you to um see the create content clip content to like kind of distribute content in the, like several um ways and i think instagram is Again, as TikTok is visual, Instagram is even more, right? Like it's uh, where you kind of go for, a, let's say, a slower look. TikTok is rarely used on as the people you follow. It's more than like just the For You page. But on Instagram, you go more on your feed to see the people you have interest in. So to discover the, the, the trend on, on Twitter, then you check to, uh, how it manifests on TikTok, and then you see... The, how it works on on Instagram. TikTok will be number one in, in order of importance. I think right now the like short videos uh, being TikToks specifically, then Reels and YouTube Shorts. And here in Brazil we also have Kawaii, which is a another Chinese platform. Those short videos are like number one and two and three in terms of importance. I think that makes a lot of sense, and also is very consistent with my own behavior on. <laughs> on social media. Uh, TikTok is definitely a place that's a little bit more like television in that you're consuming by yourself. Maybe you have a few friends that you send videos to in DMs, but it's not really social in the sense that you aren't following people you know necessarily. You might have parasocial relationships with some creators, but Instagram is still where you have your intimate friend groups, maybe the circle of acquaintances, one group out. Um, but on TikTok is where you try to see where the rest of the, what the rest of the world is thinking about or what could be interesting and new. Totally agree. I feel, <laughs> and, and you mentioned something that's very interesting, right? Like, because what you see on Instagram, a lot of your friends are also seeing, right? Because you guys, like, exactly. your friends will follow the same. So you'll say like, hey, have you seen what to like Elisa posted? And like a few people would have, but on TikTok, you get your for you page and like on some people will be doing like a lot of comedy clips somebody will be a lot of gaming clips somebody will be doing like even more random stuff 
and you just don't know. So that's why you transfer the videos a lot more. So as you say, like you do DMs and you send them on WhatsApp. As on Instagram, you just say, hey, have you watched what A or B or C posted? Because people will have the same following. So it's uh, very interesting. Yeah, and it's also interesting because on, on the algorithmic platforms like TikTok, uh, and Reels, the algorithm definitely pushes things, but on TikTok, something can go viral overnight. Uh, whereas when it's limited to your Instagram followers graph, like you just made a post or something, if I have only 3,000 followers, then when I post something, those 3,000 people might see it. Maybe it'll get extra lift if a few of them share it. But if I have 3,000 followers on TikTok, it could have 3 million views by the time I wake up in the morning, and I'm just a nobody. And so I think there's something really powerful uh, about that as well. In terms of algorithm, they have... It's still the hardest one to crack, but they have the best one. You mentioned before uh, how your your teenage daughter is now going back to Snapchat. I know that teenagers and teenage gamers are a notoriously difficult demographic to reach and to engage with and to understand. When you're working with brands who, let's say, it's a it's a bank, it's a beauty brand, and they want to speak the language of teenage gamers, how what? How do you convey to them that this is a valuable audience? What about that demographic is so difficult to crack? And then how do you typically think about reaching them and kind of supporting them as they grow up? Yeah, I think this is the first audience, especially if you go like younger Zs and alphas, they're the first audience that really have zero connection with TV, right? All right, like here in Brazil, we have Global, which is a big media conglomerate. I say to her, put on global. She'll like ask me, what is global? Right? She, she doesn't even know that that's a TV channel, right? So I imagine in the US is the same, right? Like if you go to a kid and say, hey, put on CBS. And you're like, what is CBS, right? Like they, because it's, it's completely not part of their um, vocabulary on their day-to-day life. So before you would have this audience that would just sit down and absorb uh, ads. Now they're always active. So there's never a contemplation moment. Even when they're on TikTok or when they are on Snapchat, it's always an uh, active way of consuming media. So you like it, you don't like it. Like it's very quickly, you share, you you comment, you send to a friend. That's what brands need to crack, right? Like how do, how do you work with like a an active media audience, right? Because usually we are very used to work with a passive media audience, right? Like either people are reading a newspaper or watching TV or like in the car, listening to the radio. I feel on gaming is where like you kind of have a bigger connection, right? Like with this audience uh, and especially because of the influencers, right? Because they see themselves uh, with what the influencers are doing. We, we always say to our clients and to prospects that gaming influencers are to like one degree of separation from the audience, right? As if you go to like Messi, right? So, oh, I love Messi, but what is the chance of me doing the same thing as Messi does, right? Like with him. So you're not going to be able to go to the same pitch and play the same game and like kind of interact with him. So you're not doing that. As with gaming influencers, if they play Fortnite, you play Fortnite, right? Like, oh, if they play in this map, I'm playing this map. Fusing this uh, like computer and keyboard, I'm using, of course, maybe a little bit more expensive, but it's the same uh, tool. So it's the same field, it's the same everything. And whoever plays Fortnite, every time you do a game, like a, one match, you do with 100 people. So if you're an influencer 
and you play 20 matches a day, you're playing with 2,000 people. So the chance that like your audience does the same as you is much, much higher. Plus, you have the chat where Messi does not have the chat as he's playing or so like any musician do not have the chat as they are uh, playing songs. It can be super famous, like Ninja. So you get Ninja, which is like an American gamer, super famous. As he's playing, he's interacting with so like 30,000 people. Uh, so every day, so like his community is so much part of what he does and they feel like that's connection. So for me, that's a way to, to crack, right? Like this younger um, consumer. And say like, hey, here's someone that does the same as you, telling you to buy this or to buy that. So, you we need to explore that more. So, a few creators and influencers, um, they will take that uh, role. And we are seeing in China, and I know, I think in the US they started to do the live shopping now. But now it's gonna be more like, hey, I'm a good salesman, right? Like so. And two things will happen. One, the influencer will not need the brand so much because like if he can make money selling why does he need someone to like to pay him to do so he'll just like okay one hour a day i'll do sales uh, and the brand like will be able to choose influencers based on sales records right like which is going to be right. much more um productive than to choose influencers based on like oh number of followers or number of uh likes like that they usually get Influencer is going to be the key to connect with this new audience. How do you sell to them? How do you sell to them? Uh, and that's going to give them the, like much more independence uh, from the, like kind of working with brands because they can just get an affiliate link on Amazon or Shopify and, and make the money to like the way they see it. With live shopping, I always feel like it's really tough because it's something that has been really, really popular in China for years, at least, you know, five to seven years. And then in the US, Amazon has a live shopping feature as well as uh, some some other platforms. And while it's popular, I still think that at least in the US, there's something about it that doesn't quite feel right. We're, I'm a millennial and definitely for Gen Z as well, people are very open on social media to being advertised to your all the get ready with me videos of people using specific makeup and like showing you them against their hands with live shopping the way that that you're imagining it evolving um do you do you see it happening through existing social media platforms do you see it happening on a completely different platform some geographies will take uh will take off quicker uh, but i think will take off everywhere here in brazil for example the infrastructure of delivery is not as um like well developed like and there's still violence and and um so i feel People still like to go to places, like into malls to buy stuff. But more and more, you see the growth here of Amazon. And uh, we have this company called Mercado Livre, which is like the biggest uh, online retailer. And you have we have Alibaba and you have Shine. So I feel it will be like just a matter of time. But what Amazon does not have is an audience, TikTok has. So if every 10 TikTok posts, oh, this product's interesting. And like with time you start to lower that friction of click to buy to like in your address already there your credit card is already there i think people will start to to change uh, plus tiktok solves the problem that amazon has for which is discoverability like anyone can create a store on amazon uh, and add a product there but how people discover your product right so the influencers like they're really good at selling they'll have to like a 
an amazing time in the next few years uh, as they just like kind of direct all the audiences to their stores or to other stores. Um, and I feel for brands, as I said before, will be an interesting way to change a little bit of the metrics where how we choose influencers because we usually choose in terms of reach and it's and we'll just open up this other door like okay who sells more right so a lot of your conversion campaigns do like oh i don't need this influencer because he's a gamer and he like talks to this audience people will, will calculate more oh he sold a hundred thousand units last time when you're picking influencers right now how do you typically decide who's a, an influencer that you feel like is right for the campaign versus not? And how does that vary depending on the product or brand that you're working with? We first ask, what are your games? Uh, not for the consumer, but for the brand, right? Like, okay, so mm -hmm. brand, let's say Coca-Cola, what, what games like you, you like or, or this demographic? Mm -hmm. Because usually the clients come to say, hey, we want to reach a b class to like 15 to 25 which is pretty much the same numbers uh men so okay which games are these demographics playing oh they're playing like fortnite and league of legends for example so that's the next step is where we go for the influencers and say okay which influencers that play fortnite and league of legends will talk to these demographics and then we use um analytics tools that will tell us okay talk to this guy and that person and then there's, of course, the price negotiation, which social network they're stronger on. Um, to like Because some people are streamers, more focused on Twitch. Some people are more VODs, focused on YouTube or Instagram or um, so on. And then we build to like the deliverables uh, based on what we're going to see the best uh, return on, on investment, right? Uh, of course, also, we try as much as possible like to bring a lot of diversity into that specifically in brazil though, like gaming is still very elitist since everybody's on their avatars and uh, on chats like people still tend to be nasty so every campaign we do like oh who's going to be your squad um, and then we see though, like how these influencers can team up to like do things together uh, play together because that's the other beauty of gaming right like it's not that everybody needs to do a post alone like you can just put oh let's have you five join the same team live stream at the same time to like then you clip the moments and you put on TikTok to like but you're doing the TikTok with like hey here's me but together with this other influencer mm -hmm. so it's very rich to like for us to do this this kind of activation because you can kind of always get some cross to like kind of audiences and and add it up and do you find that it's the same or do you get the same results with influencers who are kind of influencers for being influencers versus influencers who have a particular area of expertise or something educational that they can relay to their communities. That's what I love about gaming is that they all have an area of expertise. I really, I really don't like the influencers for being an influencer. I feel the results are always uh, lacking. I feel uh, for us in gaming, we are lucky because again, we can, we can work with people that understand that community and do what that community likes. If an influencer was listening to this podcast, what advice would you give to someone who's aspiring to be an influencer, especially in, in a niche like gaming or tech where credibility and expertise are preferred like that? The general advice I try to give to influencers is to remember that 
people stay in marketing careers for like 20 years. Um, so I know it's very generic uh, advice, but to like try not to be a dick because to like that person will just, sorry for the bad word, but th that person That's will fine. just move from another company to like in this job and another job. If, if that person is a good marketing person, she'll have a 20, 25 year old uh, career. So if you want to have to like longevity as an, as an influencer, like as someone that makes money from brands, I try to always for people to think about that. It's really good to have allies to like, even if you're a small influencer and you got hired, try to, to be an ally to that person because maybe in 10 years, you're going to need some help to like, and they'll be to like director somewhere and be able to, to help you. So. I, I know it's very common sense, but like sometimes you need to, to say that. And when you go to gaming and deliverables specifically, understanding that brief and answering yes or no to like on that brief and not on the day of the delivery, that is also something that hurts us. Uh, us, I mean, the influencer community a lot. Like when you get to the day of the delivery, say, oh, no, that's he doesn't want to do. I'm like, well, but you already said yes. Well, we discussed this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so that's to like, it's, if I can sum up my weeks, it's a lot of that. It's just common sense, right? But I feel sometimes people get famous and rich very quickly and common sense kind of stays in the back seat. Uh, no, I, I totally know what you mean. Um, and on the flip side, what advice would you give to an agent or marketer hoping to succeed with influencer strategies in gaming? I think that the opposite right like which is talk to the influencer as well like and and do not come in to like with your brief super close because they have their audiences and they are trying every day to understand what their audience wants so do not come like hey i want you to post this like this with this text ask him right like okay i have this to sell how would you sell it uh, or i have this to make famous how would you make famous right like when you talk through an influencer, you're not talking through your voice, right? Like, so you're talking through the influencer's voice. And sometimes like you're doing a campaign and that campaign will have like 50 different voices. So, and that, that's beautiful. It's not the passive media where you just sit down and there's one commercial, one casting. No, you have to like 50 different people telling you the same thing differently. Um, so the more cohesiveness you can bring to that message, the like, and, but let's then kind of bring the the like the personality that would be that would be great because you would have like very very famous sales people working for you uh and if they are engaged and if they are believing the product they're selling and they have a good relationship with you um it just makes it like much more much better and, and smoother process i think that's something i've definitely learned when i've hired uh, influencers for campaigns is you have to remember that they're marketers right? Like they look at their analytics stack every day. They know their audience best. They know how to position products they like. The question is, do they like your product? And will they want to get behind it with their audience? Um, and if they, if they like it, then they can sell it really well, as long as you kind of explain to them, like, you know, the basics of the features and things like that, so that you can kind of fact check everything. But other than that, like, you know, you give them a lot of latitude so that they can sell it the way that sounds authentic to them and their and their perspective. What is an opinion or a perspective that is not commonly held among other influencer marketers or agents that you feel like you have 
that maybe is unpopular or not everyone agrees with, but it's a strong conviction from where you sit? I think that the way we hire the influencers like based on reach and on um, number of followers, like I think this is very silly. On the platform that we have with 850 streamers, and that's something that we see, right? Like the, the streamers that are streaming for 10 people, they convert way more than the streamers that are streaming to 10,000 people. So it's much better for you to have a thousand of those um, then for you to have one of those, like, and sometimes the same price, um, just because those small connections, like, kind of tend to to be much stronger, right? Like, how how do you really embrace those small medium um, influencers, like, and how do we create tools where they can make more money, like, and they can start kind of living from that, and that should be a goal, right? Because right now everybody wants to be rich, so all the influencers they start being influencers because they want to be rich but i feel there's a way for a lot of people to have an honest living so there's a way for a lot of people to make a hundred thousand dollars a year and these people must be valued like super well because to me don't like it again if we have a hundred people that making a hundred thousand dollars a year will be way better than one guy making ten million dollars a year right like so those like they'll convert much more they like they'll generate more jobs and and so on i think that's really compelling for someone who wanted to follow the same strategy how would you define a small or medium influencer where's the cutoff for you and if you're looking at a bunch of influencers on a platform for the first time how would you know which ones are maybe going to have a more intimate relationship with their communities versus a lot of a lot of followers and number but maybe like no one cares well i think the cutout is always going to depend on the country and on the metrics you're using right like so here in brazil anyone below a hundred thousand are we say small influencers right so like people that have eighty thousand seventy thousand depending on the platform um and and that's like very average uh number and the other part is you need to watch it right like there's no Again, it's not media that you just buy based on, to like, oh, I'm just gonna look at those numbers and look at the Nielsen reports and decide, like, you need to watch it, right? Like, you need to spend, oh, let's watch this content for one hour and say, hey, this person is great because he has humor and he is good sales. And so I think there is no magic way. And of course, it's tiresome. You may not be able to watch one hour, but at least 10 minutes of everybody you hired, like you should watch, because you see if they say bad words or not, if like they are family people or not. If, and again, you, you have uh, space for everybody, but I feel uh, this should be the number one, right? Like you or get someone on your team to, okay, watch those 10 influencers today, tell me who is the most fit with the brand, right? So I think that uh, helps a lot. Uh, last, the last thing I want to ask is, is there anything else you want to add? Anything you feel like we didn't, we didn't touch on? I know we've been talking for like an hour. And I could talk another hour. It's, I don't know how much you know about Sao Paulo, but we have like the biggest Italian population, the biggest outside Italy and the biggest Japanese population outside Japan. So it's a very mixed up city. Uh, a friend of mine said, well, you're going to open an agency. Like why Sao Paulo needs another pizza place, right? Which is. It's very interesting for me, and and that's the, like why I like influencer marketing and gaming and AI because I feel there's 
all these new ways, right? Like to connect with the consumer, to, TV still gets 50% of the investment. Uh, when I look at my daughter and my son, like and their friends and younger people, and no one is watching that. So I feel like the more we talk about that, the share of investment gets a little more balanced uh, and brings more money to the gaming scene. And like everybody, everybody's happy, man. This is like super fascinating for me. So thank you so much for answering all of my questions. It was incredible having Claudio on the show with us. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode and follow us on social media at powder.gg for more updates and behind the scenes content. Thanks again for joining us, Claudio. Thank you for having me.